0: You're listening to Portfolio Builders, a Wealth Cap Holdings podcast about long-term wealth building and financial independence. Here are your hosts, Chris Evans and Taylor Welch. Hey, um, Devin and Casey here from the Wealth Cap team. Uh, wanted to jump on and just give you guys a little bit of clarity and training of. Like what goes on in our rehab process? Um, a lot of a lot of you guys have been asking questions about that, so wanted you all to meet Casey, who's our rehab manager. And uh, why don't you tell everybody like about your background so they know who you are and what you what you bring to the table?
1: Definitely. Uh, hey everyone, like she said, I'm Casey. Uh, I'll give you a quick background on myself, but I won't uh, sit on it too long. I've been in the industry. Uh, Turnkey real estate for about uh, five years now. I've uh, managed rehabs in multiple markets, to include um, Memphis, uh, some in Alabama. I've done some in Nashville, been in Texas, and, uh, and and now joining the team with WealthCap and and doing some stuff. Uh, give you a quick overview of what we're doing with our rehab process, kind of from start to finish, um, to hopefully answer any questions on the front end. Uh, When we're acquiring the properties, uh, at that point is when we're going to have an inspection that's a third-party inspection uh, that's going through looking for your typical safety issues and whatnot. Um, Before or after, during the process, before we actually acquire the property, we'll have someone from our team uh, go out as well and do our inspection checklist uh, where we try to stay ahead of the uh, third-party inspectors. Uh, When we receive the checklist back, we kind of go off of them, and there's going to be critical items that are on those checklists uh, that the third-party inspection company will typically find, uh, which is great. Uh, At that point, we'll kind of put together our scope of work and go from there to make sure that we're including those items. Um, Before I dive in, is there anything you want to add there, Devin?
0: Yeah, I was just, um, you know, one of the questions I was going to ask is to share a little bit more about what... Like, what do you consider critical items? What are the things that you're really looking for either in that professional inspection or with like the contractors on our team? What are you really having them look for?
1: Right. So uh, since we're acquiring these properties and and usually usually using them for a a buy and hold uh, scenario, uh, we have to look at things like quality of life and safety. Uh, from that point is when we're going through and looking for things that may be um, a code violation of some sort, or, or it's outdated and could be dangerous to a potential resident uh, and/or your investment. Uh, you would not want uh, electrical issues in a house that you're going to purchase uh, from us to, you know, later on the house burns down. One that's bad for the resident, but it's also bad for the investor as well. So that's really what we're going to go into looking for. Uh, while code maybe differ a, a little bit uh from market to market we're typically going to find a standard uh across all of our markets to make sure that we're complying with code um and that we're making sure that there's no safety issues at the house um so our our scope and or list that we're going through for the inspections are pretty in depth um if you've ever seen an inspection report from an inspector it's going to always be very detailed um their job is to find the house. Uh, so from there, uh, we'll receive those reports back from them and there'll be a, a long list of red line items. And it, it's really great because um, we do our checks and we'll, we'll see their checks and kind of run the balances uh, to see what's going to actually be a safety issue or what they're kind of being uh, a little bit more picky about. Uh, you're going to not have consistent inspectors going into the properties. So you're going to kind of see a uh, one inspection report may have small, uh, a small group of red line items while another has a uh, very long list of those items. I prefer the inspectors that have the long list of items because then it really gives me options. I can see what the critical information is, which they typically attach at the bottom of the report. That's going to be what we're doing no matter what. <laughs> but then from there, if they have a long list of other items, um, we can go through and they take detailed pictures as well. As does our team, um, and we'll be able to to look at some of those items and say, okay, this isn't maybe a, a necessary item, but this would be good to fix, or this is not good to fix. It won't help rental income. It's not a safety issue. It's not going to help the investor's um, you know investment whatsoever. So that's when we're able to make those decisions. Uh, but that's why I prefer a an inspector who is very detailed. Um, So, but anyways if we want to dive in I can show you guys uh, maybe one of the reports that we're working with right now.
0: Yeah Uh, that'd be great.
1: Perfect. I'm gonna share my screen with everyone. One moment. All right is that popping up? Yeah. Perfect, perfect. All right so we have an inspection report. This is one of the ones that we had ordered on the front end. this is kind of a letter, typically detailing, you know, thank you, you know, just to let you know, this is gonna be a snapshot of what we found, so on and so forth. Um, let's see. So normally when they do the inspections, uh, what i found is you obviously start on the exterior and then you work your way inside and then from there you go top to bottom. So on this one, you can see here, he's inspecting the exterior. Um, and I won't go through every single page of this report. There's 34 pages. Um, I'll kind of give you a brief overview here. And then I really just want to hop to those critical items I was talking about. And you can see even here, you know, the inspector is getting very detailed, even with just where the gutters is attaching, uh, which is great. Some of the sidings coming off here, he's pointing that out. And because the gutter wasn't doing its job correctly, the water's all kind of uh, sitting here at that. At the edge of the house, which is making the uh, that one piece of siding rot, uh, so we definitely want to make sure that's corrected, and and the gutter is not dispersing the water toward the house, uh, which could cause leaks, and obviously this siding would become damaged. Mm-hmm. Let's see, damaged and missing siding note. Recommend corrections by a licensed contractor. Uh, that's going to be a typical. Uh, they're always going to say recommend. Corrections by a licensed contractor, and just to kind of give you insight on uh, some of the rehab that we do as well. We are only going to work with people who are licensed contractors, uh, especially when it comes to uh, their specific trade. Uh, we're not going to have, you know, a a plumber who's not a an HVAC technician, uh, licensed HVAC technician, working on our HVAC. So right, gotcha. Let's go it's ahead. like
0: not, not taking legal advice from your mechanic.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah.
1: I am going to hop down here. Um, okay. You know, this is, like I said, he's he's pointing out little stuff that really helps out on uh, our end as well. Because we may have done our report, but d- depending on, you know, they may miss something. Like he pointed out, there's a missing lock on the sliding door. Well, that's great. Because I may have missed that for some reason. And now I can go ahead and add that to our scope of work, making sure we're, As detailed as possible when we're sending it over to our contractors that way it's black and white it's not you know they didn't put this on the scope and they're not paying me for it so I'm not gonna do it so that's why this report is a great thing to have on the front end we'll go ahead and hop down to the critical items that they had found and that's gonna be right here at the end as you can see Um, their note If there are no comments in red, there are no critical uh, system or safety concerns with this property at the time of inspection. Obviously, we have a nice little laundry list of critical items. Uh, What's great about this over here, you can see he says page four, drives and walks. He's took the sidewalks and driveways. He's got that here. I can go scroll back up to page four and see he's gonna have taken pictures of what he's describing. Um, Same with page six. We also looked at the siding when we were up there earlier, decks and steps, doors, um, your basements and crawl spaces, uh, this is a big one because this one was showing signs of foundation movement along the north the south and north sides with moisture visible on the east and north sides. Um, so that's be, what does that mean? Yeah, so at this point, uh, what likely happened uh, in this scenario uh, is we, we would have had some issues with moisture uh, inside the property which could have came in multiple ways, uh, whether there was a leak at one point and or how we mentioned with those gutters earlier. It may not seem like a big deal, but if the gutters aren't corrected and that water's sitting there at the end of the house, uh, eventually it's gonna start leaking in and you know that, that leak can cause issues with the foundation or it could be none of the above and uh, the moisture from the soil has came through in, in the walls and. Sometimes that just happens at that point uh, is when we just need to correct the foundation uh, where we would have a licensed contractor and or an engineer come out and uh, do the assessment on that to make sure, um, as we all know, the foundation is the, the backbone there of the, uh, the project and or the house. So we want to make sure that the foundation's good. Um, so we would go in there, probably brace the wall uh, for a correction. Um, but like we were saying on the front end, you know, this is going to be stuff that uh, it looks like on this one we had a, a good bit of stuff that we had to add in. Um, this would all have been things that we would have caught on our front end inspection as well, but it's good to have this on the report from them. That way when we have them go back out to reinspect, inspect um, this will pop back up and it'll show, you know, all these red light items that were critical uh, that we had added it in the scope. And he's checking off the boxes saying that we did correct these items.
0: Okay. Um, So once you've gotten this report and our contractors have gone through the property with the checklist that, you know, you've come up with for them to to go by, then like, how do you decide exactly what work you're going to do to the property? Like these critical items are going to be taken care of, but as far as in the interior, making any kind of improvements um like what what guidelines do you use to kind of come up with what changes we're going to make on the inside
1: right right uh, so we do have our typical internal scope of work um that we like to work with um at WealthCap. one of the things that we're going to do differently than some of the other companies that you may see out there um, you know sometimes they really like to dress up a property and, and make it look really pretty and they'll do a lot of unnecessary uh, items Uh, we've come to find that we like to focus on, you know, what makes money. Uh, We're not going to go into a property and start adding in things that aren't necessary. It's, if it's a waste of money on the front end, it's not going to help the the comps for, you know, a resident coming in to rent our property or whatnot. We're not going to go do that. If the windows are functioning, they may be a little bit older. We're not going to automatically just say, okay, we're going to replace 24 windows. Um, because that can be five, six, seven thousand dollars, depending if they're special order, if we're gonna have to reframe or whatnot. Um, we're not gonna go in and have a you know, a, a three-bed, two bath that's uh for a single family home. Uh to we're not gonna go in and do a renovation that's gonna be super high-end uh with unnecessary repairs. That's just gonna cost uh the investor money on the back end, us money on the front end. Mm -hmm. uh, and not help their rental comps. So we're, we're strictly going to do, um, what's going to help with rental comps and what's going to be, uh, safety hazardous issues. Um, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, totally. So could you, um, maybe give some examples of like what kind of improvements improve rental comps?
1: Definitely. So, uh, obviously I think most people know. But if you're if you're new to investing, uh, some of the main things that are going to give us comps in certain areas uh, that we're buying in right now for single family homes uh, are going to be your kitchens, your bathrooms. And if you ever have the opportunity and this is really going to depend on location as well, Um, if there's ever like kind of an extra space and we can make an extra bedroom or something of that nature, that's typically going to be what we're looking for. Um, it's not that we put in some new hardwood flooring in the entire house or, uh, or granite countertops per se, although granite countertops can work in certain areas. It's not going to be on our original scope to do in every single house that we do. Um, but I would say, Oh, let's go back. See if this Everyone back. Yep. Perfect. Um, so yeah, um, if you have a two bed, you know, two bath for some reason and it's a condo or or it's not a condo, that doesn't really matter. Um, but there's an area that's large enough that's kind of an extra room and you're looking at it and you're saying, you know, we could frame out and make this a third bedroom. Obviously a, a three bed, two bath is going to do much better than a two bed, two bath. Uh so in those scenarios, uh that's when we would look at something like that. You know, we do updates on the bathrooms and the kitchens. Um like I said we're not trying to do some high end update. Uh, but a lot of times, um, kitchens and bathrooms are typically what help rental comps and, and kind of attract, uh, renters when they're coming to move, um, to kind of dive into some of the stuff that we don't necessarily do at every property, but we may do. Uh, we look at, um, if we go into a property that we're purchasing and it has, you know, brand new carpet or brand new flooring, and it might not be what we typically would want to use, uh, but it's brand new and it can help us, uh, you know, save investors money on the back end. And it's not going to change in that area for uh, a renter at that point is when we would start considering and saying, okay, well, this is new. Um, Let's go ahead and keep this or uh, exact opposite. Uh, We, we get in there and we were hoping it was new and we, uh, we see it and we're like, okay, we're going to need to replace this. At at that point is when we're going to go off of the kind of set scope and materials that we typically would use into, excuse me, inside one of our homes
0: okay uh do you want to go through another another report just to show maybe some differences because sometimes they look different when they're different inspectors yes. in, um in different markets
1: Pull this over here all right yeah and this is a good example this one's going to be from a, a different inspector looks like he's giving a brief overview here at the beginning We should still have our critical items there at the end. Bear with me as I get down here. Perfect.
0: Are there there any things that you ever see on an inspection report that make you decide, like, we should walk away from this one?
1: Definitely. Sometimes there's red flags, and it's going to be a case-by-case scenario. If we were you know, going to purchase a property and we were told it's this, this, and this, um, you're you're basically looking out for maybe some shady type of situation where maybe you were working with a seller, whether that be a wholesaler or whether you found a deal uh, on the MLS or, or whatnot. Or, uh, but if they're saying, you know, this is all new, this is all new, and, and they start listing off items and they may be new, but everything was done incorrectly or um, say there's a brand new roof Within the past few years, that was put on. Uh, but the inspector's finding tons and tons of issues with the roof. That may not be a deal that kills it for us, but if we budgeted to not have the roof in there and the budget's already getting tight for um, what we're trying to do, at that point, uh, you have a few options. If, if we can still get in contact with the roofing company, there's the warranty that's with there. We'd make sure that that warranty would trade over, uh, but that may be not worth it in the end. If, if there's a lot of items that are that are not done up to code and not done correctly. And we're gonna to have to go back and do, uh, rework some of those items and they weren't in the original budget. Mm-hmm. Uh, at that point, I think is when we would start looking uh, to maybe kill the deal. It's really gonna come down to at, at at that point, the budget that we had created on the front end for the offer up on the house. Now we could go back and draw, lower our offer, um, but if they wouldn't accept that at that point is when we would walk away. Uh um, gotcha. because there's plenty of properties out there and uh you know it's not that we can't fix this stuff, it's that on the front end we may have been told this and we're like, okay, and then we go through to doing our inspection and we're finding out okay, this is gonna be much more than what we thought it was. So gotcha.
0: And, um, you know, my year my years working as an agent and um kind of overseeing some flip properties for investors and ones I've done myself, I found that there are a few. There are a few words that can scare people a lot, and they tend to be foundation, mold, and termites. Um, which you know, all of those things can be remedied. So maybe could you share a little bit about like when are those total deal killers, and when can it be remedied? And it's it's not it's not that scary.
1: Right, right. Um, so yeah, to hop off of, of what you're saying there or kind of piggyback to me, they're never necessarily deal killers. Okay. Um, you know, if you have termite issues um, that are still, can be remedied, um, you know, if, if the bones of the house are still good, if, if your foundation is having issues, but it, you know, typically we can remedy all of this. If it ever got to the point where we had an engineer come out and they're saying, yeah, this house is, it's a tear down. At that point, it's still not necessarily a deal killer. It's just depending on the situation that we're going to be in. Um, If we could go back to the seller, show them, you know, the engineer report is saying that this house has to be torn down. At that point, we're offering them a much lower price and, you know, we could do a new build on the property or or something of that nature. So there's never, there's nothing that we can't fix. It's really just going to come down to um, if it's going to be in the budget or not. Kind of what I was saying earlier, it's not a deal killer. If there was previous, you know, maybe there's some, the inspector says possible, um, termite damage. Uh, but we have where the termite damage was previously remedied. Uh, we can retreat the house. It's as long as the bones are good. It's not something that we're going to walk away from. Uh, there's a reason that there are termite treatments out there. Termites do exist. Uh, there's going to be houses that have some previous termite damage. Uh, we just want to make sure that one, the bones are still good and we can. you know, add support if if necessary. And then two, we'll, you know, make sure that it it needs to be retreated if there's signs of uh, termites still present and and whatnot. Uh, Same with the foundation, you know, there's, there's been many projects that we've bought uh, that I've done even outside of WealthCap where, you know, there's large foundation issues. And while that may scare some people um, you can always fix the foundation for the most part as long as it's not too far gone. And it, like like I said, if it is too far gone at that point, you could go back to the seller, and then say, you know, this is the foundation's bad. We would have to tear down the house. And that's an entirely different ballgame. But you yeah. could get that route and uh, do some new builds. Right on. Let me hop back in this report just so we can get another snapshot of what another inspector's report looks like. We'll scroll down. Since we kind of already saw some of this stuff, uh, in the other report, we'll take a quick look, but he started on the exterior as well. Uh, he might do a little bit of a different order than our previous inspector. They're all going to have um, kind of their, how they, for lack of a better term, skin the cat. So <clears throat> it appears he did his a little bit different on this one. Uh, yeah, he has some items throughout the report that are just in red and then some that are in green here. Uh, so the green, yeah, debris and unit cleanup debris, recheck. So it looks like his critical items are, he's just kind of done as he's gone through, uh, which is not typical, but also not a big deal here at all. Uh, so we would go through each one here, uh, in this scenario, uh, condition, the ropes that connect the balancing weights to the window sash were broken on the North side window. And, uh, he goes on and on with that. And in this particular house, um, I know that we went ahead, a lot of the, the window ropes and, and whatnot were malfunctioning and uh, some of the logs weren't working well. And uh, I believe we went ahead and replaced the windows of this property. There wasn't too many windows. Uh, so we did go ahead and do that here. So that was a great remedy for uh, this property in particular. Uh, various stores were missing hardware. As you can see, this one is not a critical item, uh, but it's gonna be an item that is obviously that we need to it's obvious that we need to fix. This is something that we're gonna catch regardless. Obviously you're not gonna walk through a house and not have you know, knobs, hardware, the, knobs. <laughs> the door's not hung at the property and, and yeah. so on and so forth. Um, but what we would do at this point is uh, we would go through and, uh, and kind of find the critical items uh, such as this one. It looks like there's exposed wiring here in the attic. Uh, from what I can tell, that's obviously gonna be dangerous. Uh, We would want to have a licensed electrician go in there and make sure that we get all this up to code, no wires exposed, that we, you know, we're not going to have a safety issue with uh, maybe a resident uh, is up in the attic putting something there for storage or um, an unnecessary fire or, you know, a roof leak maybe happens and then water gets in the electrical and uh, shorts it out.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: shorts it out. So that's the kind of stuff that we're going to be looking for uh, in this specific scenario. Um, yeah, so, uh, to kind of give a brief recap of everything that we talked about with these inspection reports, um, when we're putting the offer on the house, we're having the inspection by a third party done. Um, so it's a non-biased inspection that's going out. Uh, they're looking for critical items and, you know, uh, as you can see on this report down to a door is not hung with hardware. Uh, So they're going to do their long list. And then we're going to do our inspection as well, uh, which is very in depth. We want to make sure on the front end that we're not missing anything. Uh, That way, when we officially close on the house, what we have budgeted for the property is not going over budget. At that point is when we start losing money. Um, and So we want to make sure that we're catching all the um, safety issues on the front end, uh, even down to the doorknobs and whatnot. Um, so we'll take the inspection report. We'll take our reports. If there's anything missing on ours, that's that's on theirs and vice versa that we think needs to be in that scope. Um, we're going to make sure it's on there. And then from then, uh, like I said, the things that we know are going to be on there every time is going to be those critical items that we talked about, uh, your safety issues, your code issues, uh, and then any other updates that we may, even though it might not be coded in a specific market that we deem would be a safety issue. Uh, We'll be on our report. And then from there, we'll have that scope. We give it to our contractor uh, to kind of give you a a quick overview. And then we can wrap up here. Uh, From there, we use certain software and systems after our contractor and uh, we've approved the scope of work. We monitor the system uh, in software uh, where there. During the project, uploading photos to us and, and whatnot, and then we're gonna on the back end go back and uh, you know do a walkthrough of the property, check off our scope of work, make sure everything that we said has been checked off, we have pictures of it, and then from there we'll do one last check uh, internally in house, and then that's when we're calling for the reinspection uh, from that inspector who was out previously, and he'll go through the property. Uh, typically, we're giving them a report saying you know if we've done X, X, and X from your report, which usually consists mostly of those critical items and maybe one or two of the other items that we thought necessary of the, of the property, um, kind of depending case by case. But uh, those critical items are gonna be on that report, then he'll go out, re-inspect, and then uh, if he were to find a, an issue uh, of something that we had corrected on the front end, this is gonna be, once again, one of our checks and balances. Um, so if we had thought we had corrected some type of electrical outlet, say, um, but yet he goes back and finds an issue with it, that gives us time to go back, still fix that outlet and, uh, kind of give a warm and fuzzy about the property making sure that's going to be safe, uh, and up to code and that we're confident putting a resident in it and, or holding it for ourselves, and, or selling the property. So,
0: so just to, um, you know, just to clarify the process that we go through with inspections coming up with the scope of work, rehab, and the reinspection. It's identical, whether we're keeping it or it's one that we're making available for an investor.
1: Right. Um, so what we're going to do, yes. And it's going to be identical per market. You know, they might not require something in a certain market as far as, You know, inspections are, like I was mentioning, some codes are a little bit different uh, if you're going across the country. Our process that we do on every house is going to be identical. Um, It's going to be the same for when we're going through with the inspection reports, the inspectors. The inspectors may differ a little bit, but in the end, they're all going to be, their job is to find issues at the property. Um, And that's what we're hiring them to do. Uh, So depending on, it it doesn't matter what market we're in, if we're going to keep the house, if we're going to Sell the house. Um, There's many times where we have a house that we might want to hold, but if we see it as a good opportunity to get rid of the house, or maybe we've met our quota for that month, we like to be able to interchange. So we're going to make sure that they're all to the exact same standard. Uh, We wouldn't want to sell a house that we wouldn't want to hold ourselves. Absolutely. Um, On the front end, when we're buying, we're going to make sure it fits the deal. And on the back end, we're going to, and during the process, we're going to make sure they're all to the same standard. And it's going to be a house that we would want to keep, and uh, that would be a good investment.
0: Right on. Well, thank you for taking the time to, you know, go through all this with me, so we can share it with some people that are, you know, really curious about what we're doing, how we're doing it, um, what our systems and everything look like. Is there anything else that you want to add?
1: Um. No, I, I honestly, I think that's about it. Uh. If there's any questions that may come up, I'm happy to help compile a, you know, question and answer sheet that may answer some of those questions on the front end uh, of kind of what we do with the properties and and what they can expect. Um, And I think, you know, after they buy one or two with us um, and kind of see how we work, they'll realize and they'll probably want to bond, you know five or six, 10, 20. I don't know, but, uh, no, from there, if, if, you, if they do have, anybody has any more questions that kind of keep popping up that maybe I didn't cover, uh, we'd be happy to provide some information uh, on the front end that you guys can will be able to read and kind of answer those questions.
0: Okay, cool. Well, thank you for your time, Casey. And, um, yeah, if anybody has any questions about stuff that Casey was sharing about our rehab process, inspections, blah blah blah, um, you know, share them with with me or with Casey, both in the Facebook group, um, or you can you know email us, and we'd be happy to get you whatever information it is that you need. So uh, thanks again for your time, and we'll see y'all later.
1: Yeah, thanks guys. Bye. Thanks for listening. Discover
0: how you can start building wealth with real estate even without experience in our free book, Why Real Estate and How to Get Started, by visiting wealthcapholdings.com slash book. That's wealthcapholdings.com slash book.